Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. Earlier this week, CMS released a proposed rule aimed at minimizing gaps in coverage for Medicare beneficiaries and the Medicare-eligible population. The proposed regulation would implement a few policy changes that were a part of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, most notably new special enrollment periods that would be triggered in certain situations. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, NAHU's Marcy Buckner and John Green are back to discuss the proposed rule. As I mentioned, this new proposed rule is intended to reduce gaps in coverage for the Medicare population implementing Medicare-specific provisions from the CAA. So how exactly does CMS seek to accomplish that goal? So thanks for having us on this week on another Medicare special edition. I think that the goal here is, you know, to simplify some of the processes. And specifically, these proposed rules are looking at ways to implement sections of the CAA, so the Consolidated Appropriations Act, to limit gaps in coverage for Medicare beneficiaries. So the way that they're trying to expand equity and access to Medicare are really through a few different ways. One is looking at the way in which the enrollment period is structured and trying to alter the the calendar for applications so that there isn't a gap in coverage based on when the application and eligibility when that's initiated and when the coverage goes into effect. And we'll talk about this specifically in a few minutes, but in some cases currently folks can wait up to two or even three months after they've submitted their applications for their Medicare to begin because of the way that the calendar is set up now. And like I said, we'll talk about that in a minute. Another way that they're trying to enhance equity is through adding some different life experiences that will qualify as special enrollment periods to allow people to come into Medicare. And then the last one has to do with end-stage renal disease. So first, let's talk some more about the section on Medicare coverage kicking in earlier than it did previously. So how does enrollment currently work and how would this rule change that? Well, currently there is like a seven-month period three months before, I think, and four months after your eligibility for Medicare in which to apply. What we've always had issue with is when the effective date of that coverage is. And as Marcy pointed out, that depending on when your birthday is and if you meet certain timelines and so forth, you could actually be delayed in uh, having benefits for several months. And so what we've always advocated for is why can't they have it on the first of the next month in which they're eligible if that's what they want. I have a few concerns about the way that they are proposing it in the new rule in that if you say you wanted 
on October 1st effective date, then you have to specifically apply between September 1st and September 30th. But what if your birthday is in September and your retirement date and you want it to be the 1st of November? And so then it starts to get a little bit more hairy. There's not as much you know, opportunity to, to plan as there was before. And so I think that they got the answer partly right, but I think there needs to be a little bit more flexibility in there so that people can still plan. In addition to that, Social Security has been notoriously backlogged behind in, in processing applications. And they tell you flat out, you know, it can be 60 days. Now, just because the rule changes doesn't mean they're going to move faster for a number of reasons. They have staff shortages and, you know, COVID's really impacted that agency. And, and they're finally just opened up their doors again for in-person. But I can just see uh, potential problems for agents who are trying to enroll people for the first time. Now, the ones who have it the easiest is if they're on Social Security anyway, already. They're automatically enrolled in Part A and Part B. And so for them, this is not an issue. But we're talking about those who are still working and not on Social Security and are trying to plan for that migration to Medicare. And so essentially what the proposed rule is doing and taking into consideration what's in the CAA is making sure that regardless of when someone is entering into their application process during their initial enrollment period, their IEP, that their benefits will be effective the following month. Right now, like I mentioned earlier, you could, depending on when they enter, they could have a gap of two to three months before their coverage begins. Also, if they come in during the general eligibility period, that gap can be three months before their benefits begin. And so this is going through the different timeframes of eligibility and making sure that those gaps don't exist and that the, the lapse is only a month in those situations so that these two and three month gaps are no longer able to occur. And to John's point, it also will help people tremendously in being able to plan for when they're going on Medicare. As you can imagine, having it depend on where you are in a seven-month eligibility period and then having to possibly project beyond that based on when you came in and what your employment status is and all of these other things. So shortening up those gaps will be a tremendous benefit to those that are going on to Medicare. We are so excited to see you in Austin, Texas for this year's annual convention held June 25th through 28th. What was that? You haven't registered for annual convention yet? But it's so easy. Just go to NAHU.org and register now. Our keynote speakers this year will be Dr. Marty Macquarie, author and healthcare futurist, and Dan Clark, author, motivational speaker, and CEO of Clark Success Systems. I promise you that this is an event that you do not want to miss. So go register now at NAHU.org. Now, let's discuss the new proposed special enrollment periods. Under what circumstances would these new SEPs be triggered? 
So they've created five categories of special enrollment periods. And the first covers natural disasters. And I'd like to think that NEHU played a role in this particular one because during Hurricane Sandy, it, these things, disasters seem to happen during the AEP each year. And we help coordinate with CMS the enrollment of people who were affected in Hurricane Sandy. And the effort was so successful that it's now standard operating procedure. In the past, CMS actually took over enrollment and that cut out the agent from being able to do the enrollment and have the benefit of the commission. Under the new rules that were created subsequent to the hurricane, natural disasters, when those were declared, gave agents greater flexibility in enrolling their people, their, the beneficiaries, and still getting the commission. And so that's been a tremendous help. That's the first one. The second one is if a health plan or employer misrepresents information about how to enroll in Medicare. And that has to be substantiated through some sort of evidentiary documentation, which is yet to be determined. But I think that they'll have to have some sort of actual documentation to demonstrate that. But that is something that they've heard from beneficiaries for many years. And then the third one is that if someone was formerly incarcerated individuals, Obviously, when they're in prison, they're unable to facilitate that enrollment. So when they're released and are eligible for Medicare, they can be afforded an SCP. And there's also not only the intersection between employer coverage and Medicare, but there's one with Medicaid coverage. And so it, it will help facilitate those who are moving from Medicaid to Medicare though I know some are duals and remain covered under Medicaid. And the last one is a really special category for exceptional conditions. And those are ones that aren't really fitting neatly into one of the other four buckets and are taken on a case-by-case -case basis. And I know some of those types of cases because some of you have asked us to help you with some of those cases and I send them to CMS for consideration. And so I think that's where this one kind of fits in, where it doesn't fit a particular niche of the last four. There are two other points to make relative to the SCPs, and one is that applying for these new SCPs is January 1st, 2023, or after. So any current cases will not apply until that date. Secondly, the time frame is from the time that you make application and it is recognized as having occurred. So, for example, if you were misinformed by your employer, as it's documented in the document, it's from that date for 60 days. So I think there'll be more rulemaking around exactly the initiation of these dates, because I think that can be confusing. but they're all uh, for 60 days after in duration. Another change this proposed rule would make is, is a change to how immunosuppressant medications are covered by Medicare for kidney transplant recipients. So what is the situation currently and what would change if this rule is finalized? Currently, 
you don't have to be age 65 to qualify for Medicare if you have ESRD. That's a qualifying event. And in particular, the drugs that are necessary, immunosuppressant drugs, which are required after a kidney transplant to ensure survival, that benefit only extends for 36 months after successful transplant. And what happens for a lot of beneficiaries is that their kidneys then fail. And that's been a longstanding issue. And so the rule would extend that benefit so long as they don't have other qualifying coverage for that benefit. Last but not least, the proposed rule has technical updates aimed at improving administration of the Medicare savings programs. So what changes are being proposed here? So all states and the District of Columbia have agreements with the federal government when the state is going to pay the Part B premium on behalf of the beneficiary. And I think that the aim here is to streamline and make the process more uniform and consistent across all the states. And in particular, with respect to retroactive enrollments, you know, it's a very detailed section of the rule. There are a lot of different moving parts and and whether someone is a Quimby or a Slimby also affects how these things are calculated and so forth. So I think they're just trying to, you know, facilitate smoother administrative processes between the federal government and the states. One of the provisions looks at just how long the federal government has to go to the states for any type of retroactive payment on Part B, and they're they're limiting it now to 36 months is what's in the proposed rule. And so, as you all can imagine, as we talk about, you know, other penalties that have a very long reach back time frame and how difficult that can be on individuals and employers. It's also very difficult for the states to be able to budget out what they think they're going to be spending on Medicare when there hasn't previously been a restriction on how far back the federal government can go for some of these Part B reimbursements. So that 36-month limitation will be very helpful for states to be able to maintain their budgets appropriately. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So Marcy, what are we toasting to this week? This week, we're toasting to CMS, who released the 2023 Notice of Benefit and Payment Parameters, the final version. It is a little late in the calendar year compared to when we normally receive the MPPP, so we are excited to have it so that plans can go ahead and put these new rules in place for submitting their plan designs for approval for 2023. Cheers! Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.